Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I am Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and we are in Houston, Texas, baby. That's right, the saddest city in the whole Goram country. That's... Why are we the saddest city in the whole Goram country? Well, that would be because we uh, put up the most pitiful performance against the Chicago Bears that I think I have ever seen. I mean, I mean, okay, there have been there have been a lot of p- uh, pathetic performances this year. I mean, for one, we have the Jets who put up three points this past week. So, like, we might not have been the most pathetic performance of this past Sunday, but boy. The Jets don't have Deshaun Watson. The Jets don't have, well, I guess we don't have Will Fuller anymore. We also didn't have Brandon Cooks. But we did. Well, no. No, we got no one. We got nothing. We have no head coach. We have no GM. We have no draft picks. The Dolphins are getting more and more excited every single game we lose because the Dolphins are about to have, like, a top seven pick. Probably, maybe even a top five pick if we keep losing. Um, that they, oh my gosh, and 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 they they dumped off Laramie Tunsil, who is the most penalized or one of the most penalized at least offensive linemen in the game. Like, ah, uh, so that is that why Texas is the most depressing city in the world. It it is that is exactly why, and that is exactly what I was saying. And we are in fact in Houston, Texas. I don't know actually. I don't know if the listeners are aware that we are normally based in New York City. Uh, You did get the truncated podcast over on Friday. Do you know the word truncated? Yeah, bro. (laughs) You know what the word truncated means? Your your vocabulary extends that far? Yeah, I'm a lot smarter than I look, dude. Like, you don't give me enough credit sometimes. Uh, I... You're right. You're right. I don't, Slinger. I don't give you enough credit. Yeah, baby. Proving you wrong every step of the way. We are, in fact, in Houston. We are visiting family. Um, We are going to have another tight podcast today, Um, but we will do a quick recap of... (laughs) You say a a tight podcast, but we also both know this is still going to be somewhere between like 23 and 30 minutes. Like, we can't do a short podcast. No, no. It's it's really tough for us because we like talking and we keep talking and uh we want to talk a lot of football and we want to talk we want to talk to you about us we we love our listeners and we want to make sure you are keyed in on our lives but we don't have time for that today do we no we do not we are going to cover the uh, the extremely exciting monday night football game um and then we are going to move right along into recapping our rumble and tumble from friday and of course recapping our flex plays and giving you our waiver wire pickups for the week shall we get started yes we shall hit that drop this is the drop this is the drop this is the samuels versus schlanger oh this is gonna be brutal Right, diving straight in, we had an absolutely insane matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns for a couple of reasons. A, this was a divisional matchup that had a lot of playoff implications. B, this was the first round of the playoffs for a lot of fantasy players out there, and there was a lot of fantasy-relevant action, literally down to the very, very end. Um, So we are going to cover as much of that as humanly possible. Um, starting with, of course, the quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks on Monday Night Football, both Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, get over 
30 fantasy points. Baker with only, only 30.02. Lamar Jackson, of course, with 39.92. The most impressive part about Baker's is he did it predominantly through the air, which... You know, Baker Mayfield has had his ups and downs. Um, What did help him was he did get 8.3 fantasy points on the ground, including a rushing touchdown. Uh, But, like, that was a a nice scramble. That was a nice scramble. That is something that Baker Mayfield could do in college. Um, And that is something that he has on and off proven he can do in the NFL. And the Baltimore Ravens, here's the thing about the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are supposed to have an amazing defense, not just an amazing fantasy defense, which we might get to that in a bit. But an amazing NFL defense, and they did not show up, giving up 42 points to the Cleveland Browns, um, only forcing one interception from Baker Mayfield. Like, it forced a lot of fumbles. Like, it's it, the, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns fumbled the ball seven times and recovered it six of those seven times. It's actually, um, it's actually pretty amazing. Um, because yeah, that's not that's not usually how that works, um, and this this game could have gone a very different way. So you know, I guess I guess we can't say that the Baltimore Ravens defense completely fumbled, literally. literally. Um, they fumbled on getting those fumbles though, which generally have a fifty-fifty shot. Could have been a very different game, but um, you know, turned out how it turned out. Like that's that's the bottom line. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even talked about Lamar Jackson yet. I said I was going to. Lamar Jackson, uh, it seems like he's back to Lamar Jackson. He was even out for a bit. Trace McSorley came in and then unfortunately looked like he took a bad, bad non-contact injury. Um, uh, Hart goes out to Trace McSorley, uh, gets an opportunity with, with Lamar Jackson dealing with some cramps. Lamar Jackson comes in and on a fourth and five delivers an, a, 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 a strike to, to Marquise Brown for a touchdown, um, which was one of, I think, two fourth down touchdowns between the two teams because Baker Mayfield did it uh I think just prior or just immediately after like this this game this game was absolutely insane are you gonna let me talk bro can you finish up with the quarterbacks so I can talk about the running backs yes fine fine bottom line is you trust Lamar Jackson moving forward especially next week against uh Jacksonville uh you do get a little bit worried about him in week 16 but like you can't sit Lamar Jackson. You just can't. You're going to march him out for the next two weeks in these playoffs. Take away those uh, those running backs for us. All right. That's right. We have, in fact, um, a little bit of, of actual running back production, from uh, certainly from, from, the, from the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb gets you 24.3 fantasy points. And we have been crapping all over uh, Kareem Hunt. For the past two weeks, we've been saying you can't start him until he proves it. You can't start him until he proves it. You're definitely not starting him against Baltimore Ravens. Well, he showed Samuels and I because, whoa boy, 28 fantasy points for Nick Hunt. Outscores Nick Chubb. Um, outscores any of the running backs on the night. Obviously, the uh, the Baltimore running backs are never going to be as top uh, fantasy point scoring as the Cleveland Browns running backs. J.K. Dobbins does get you double-digit fantasy points because he gets into the end zone. Gus Edwards gets into the end zone twice for 18.3 fantasy points with Gus Edwards. Um... Again, like this seems to be the way it goes. Gus Edwards gets the most volume and the most goal line work, but he's not the guy who anyone wants to start because that's either J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram. Of course, Mark Ingram injured and can't be in this game. So it's, yes, they scored points on this one, but the Baltimore Ravens backfield is still a mess. 
And I do not know if you can trust Kareem Hunt moving forward. Next week, the Cleveland Browns get the New York Giants. And we talked about the Giants. And uh, while we'll get to how Arizona did against them, I do not trust Kareem Hunt again. I know. I know he just had this game against one of the best defenses in the game. But Baltimore's defense has been struggling recently. Their fantasy defense has been struggling recently. So... Um, I do not think that you can start Kareem Hunt against the New York Giants next week, despite, I mean, if, if you if you have him as a flex play, like, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that um, on Friday. But I still do not trust Kareem Hunt moving forward, despite his amazing game on Monday Night Football. Uh, do you want to hit the pass catchers? I do real quick, real, 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 real quick. I'm going to hit these pass catchers uh, on the Baltimore Ravens side. You had Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Uh, Mark Andrews gets 12.8 fantasy points. Marquise Brown gets 13. Marquise Brown gets the touchdown. Marquise Brown also had like three brutal drops. Both of them led the team in targets with exactly six. Uh, Willie Sneed got five. No one else got more than one. Um... But, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens went back to their run-first game. The Baltimore Ravens ran the ball 32 times. That's what they want to do. Um, And if they can win that way, they're going to win that that way, which is why, forget Marquise Brown, and he keeps dropping the ball. Mark Mark Andrews was the guy they went to on the final drive when they needed to get in field goal position. Uh, Like, Mark Andrews is the guy that Lamar Jackson trusts. I really like Lamar, uh, Mark Andrews, especially next week against Jacksonville, but also against uh, the Giants because they will need to move the ball somehow, and I think Mark Andrews is the guy in the way to do it. As far as pass catchers on the Cleveland Browns, uh, not named Kareem Hunt, who had seven targets and six receptions. We've already talked about him, though. Rashard Higgins led the team in targets, not Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was close, but and Jarvis Landry also got a uh, also got a, a a pass. He he completed a pass. So Jarvis Landry actually had a little bit more than the eleven point two fantasy points I put him down for. It's it's a little bit closer to like eleven point eight or eleven point nine. Uh, Rashard Higgins gets eighteen point eight fantasy points, while Donovan Peoples Jones gets ten point four. Uh, I know Peoples Jones keeps blowing up. Uh, he, that guy is a deep threat, like like out the wazoo. Um, Average twenty four point seven yards per reception um, today, uh, and he still had five targets. Like five targets is not bad, but whenever you consider the fact that Baker Mayfield threw the ball forty seven times, uh, like. 10 of those targets went to Richard Higgins. He, he Is he the new number one? I don't know. We'll talk about that um, maybe at the end of this podcast. Uh, but Jarvis Landry gets nine of those. Of course, uh, the running backs are going to get theirs. Kareem Hunt gets seven. And even Nick Chubb gets two targets. So I don't think there's room for Donovan Peoples-Jones in this offense generally. Uh, but hey, he could always blow up for a big play. You never know. And that is all we are going to cover. Um, I mean, gosh. Oh, oh and I, d- I did want I did want to bring up the Baltimore Ravens defense because earlier in the season, we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens defense as a potential league winner with Jacksonville in Week 15 and the New York Giants in Week 16. The only problem is the Baltimore Ravens defense has played like absolute garbage absolute garbage recently 
and not always against tough opponents. Like, sure, you get Pittsburgh, and you're not supposed to do well against Pittsburgh, but they put up eight fantasy points. But against New England, which has struggled significantly, um, against Tennessee's a good team, um, so so that kind of makes sense that they only got two points. But against Dallas, you only get four points. And then against Cleveland, you only get you get zero points. You get zero points against Cleveland. And that was a big, fat negative two before that final safety to end the game. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense is scaring me. I still love these matchups, but like, do I love the Jacksonville and New York Giants matchups any more than I loved the Dallas matchup? No. And Baltimore Ravens defense scored four points against... If you have the Baltimore Ravens defense... It probably means you don't have a better defensive option going into the final rounds of the fantasy playoffs. So you are going to play the Baltimore Ravens defense. But I am worried. They had zero sacks against Cleveland, only one sack against Dallas. Dallas, who's got a miserable offensive line right now, completely decimated by injuries, zero sacks against Pittsburgh. Um, Like... It's rough. It's rough, y'all. It is rough. But hey, that is the fantasy season down to the line. We are finally 12 minutes into the podcast. We are done with our recap of Monday Night Football. And we are moving into the recap of our Rumble and Tumble from uh, from last week. That's right, the Rumble and Tumble. Our version of uh, kind of not even a start-sit and not even, I guess, kind of a love-hate kind of thing. We're uh, just talking about players that we thought would certainly thrive over the weekend versus players that we thought would struggle compared to where they were ranked uh, in Yahoo and ESPN. Um, we did great in the Rumbles. I got to say, you want to kick this one off? I do. I do. In fact, Robbie Anderson, 17.7 fantasy points. That that guy rumbled. He absolutely did. And we knew he would with no DJ Moore uh, and no Christian McCaffrey and a Curtis Samuel who was just coming off the COVID list. Like, he was also involved in the running game with two rushes for 13 yards. They wanted to get Robbie Anderson involved. He had a team-high 12 targets you love to see. The only issue is in the second half, Curtis Samuels went from having a goose egg. Curtis Samuel, he's not... He's not my brother. You're right. You're right. Curtis Samuel went from having a goose egg in the first half to nine targets, seven catches, two rushes. Uh, He he ended up with 16 fantasy points, only a point and 1.7 points behind Robbie Anderson. And like, that's the thing. Robbie Anderson didn't do as much in the second half. DJ Moore is expected to be back next week. We might get Christian McCaffrey back next week. And frankly, if Christian McCaffrey is back, every single one of these pass catchers is in trouble. The only bright side you have is that it is the Green Bay defense that they are playing against and the Green Bay offense that will be putting up points. So while Christian McCaffrey can probably still get 50% of the touches in his offense. The other 50% will go to one of these guys. I am leaning towards either Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore uh, because Curtis Samuel is most likely the guy whose skill set Christian McCaffrey replaces. Um, But tough to say, tough to say moving forward with Robbie Anderson. Uh, Do you want to cover David Montgomery? Yes, I do. And and a a quick thing, this isn't just us covering our Rumble and Tubble. Um, These are also some guys that that we want to give notes on uh, based on how they did and uh, how they did over the weekend and how we expect them to do moving forward through the rest of the fantasy playoffs. And David Montgomery, big freaking Rumble, baby. 
24.5 fantasy points. Uh, I mean, the Texans' defense gave him literally every opportunity for this, including on the very first snap of the Bears' uh, of the Bears' offensive day. He he broke an 80-yard touchdown run. Um, (laughs) That was uh, over 50% of his fantasy points. But um, that's 14 points right there. The good news is he still managed to score 10.5 more points as the game went on. So it's not like all of his production came from that first run. And that's also something that happens against the Texans. So it makes sense. Um, Good stuff for David Montgomery. The only thing I am worried about is he only touched the ball 14 times in this very positive game script. Chicago continued to go pass-heavy in this game, probably to make sure that Deshaun Watson wouldn't catch up to them, which which makes sense because Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. But unfortunately, next week they go up against uh, the Minnesota Vikings, which the Vikings struggle on defense too. I still think it's a positive matchup for David Montgomery, but the Vikings also have a strong offense, which could mean... The Bears, even if they get a lead, they're going to try to keep the foot on the pedal. Uh, They're going to try to pass the ball more, and David Montgomery might be lacking in opportunities. The good news for David Montgomery is he still got four targets in the passing game, which is which is good, which is good. I mean, it's not amazing. It's not like Kareem Hunt level, <laughs> but uh, we can't always have that. So your next guy who you were talking about rumbling, I actually, I'm excited about this one because I brought up Derrick Henry kind of as a joke. He was ranked number one in the SPN. He was ranked number one in Yahoo amongst running backs. Um, but I did make a very serious call, and I was very serious that Dave, that I thought that Derrick Henry would be the highest scoring fantasy player amongst all positions in in this past week in Week 14. And sure enough, it was absolutely correct. He outscored Lamar Jackson by about two points to take the crown. And uh, you know, like you were never gonna sit Derrick Henry, so I won't say it was great advice, but. Um, I'm I'm proud of that call. I'm proud of that call. It is it is not always easy to predict who is going to be the number one scorer. Um, but Derrick Henry against Jacksonville is always a recipe for disaster in the best possible way. Uh, the guy who I actually called to rumble was Ronald Jones, and he did kind of. He did. He did. He got you 15.4 fantasy points which was right at maybe a little bit above his projection. So, like, didn't blow you out of the water. And So I won't say it was a perfect hit on that rumble. He uh, he got it. He got it. It was not a rumble. I will admit that. You're awfully humble today. And I, I just sounded like you a bit. I'm sorry. Uh, you're awfully humble today. I am. I am. I am feeling a little humble um, because of some of our calls. Uh, but this one, this one was not bad. The only problem is Ronald Jones injured his finger. We were really excited because Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch and it's like boom baby Ronald Jones he's the guy injures his 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 finger and the two qualities that Tom Brady probably finds most important in his running backs is ball security and pass catching and those are the two qualities that would be most affected by a finger injury so we might be back to Leonard Fournette um, this weekend. We will keep you posted, and we will let you know on Friday what we think about that situation once we have more uh, injury updates on that. Your next guy was a big rumble. Proud of you on this one. Thanks. Thanks. I, I almost said thanks, brother, but, like, I think we're closer than that. You know what? I hate to admit it, but we are. We really are. Oh, man. Look at that. A little heartwarming moment here on Samuels versus Schlanger. Jonathan Taylor 
gets you 30.5 fantasy points. Love, love, love that this call panned out because uh, this also means I'm already right for next week. Um, Jonathan Taylor, if we do uh, rumble or tumble again on <laughs> rumble and tumble, whatever we call it, on Friday, um, Jonathan Taylor will be once again on my rumble list. Uh, he tops 30 points for the first time in his career. Congratulations. Um, and he gets the Texans next week. Like, I, if, like this, is, this, is, this is exactly what I called for Jonathan Taylor. Plus matchups, you start him and he does really well. But even with all of this, in week 16, I'm, I'm already telling the future. He's going to have a great game against the Texans, and we're going to be talking about starting him against the Steelers. Don't do it. Do not do it. Do not start him against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't care that the Bills actually put up points on the Pittsburgh defense. What I do care about is neither of the Bills' running backs surpassed five fantasy points. So... That Pittsburgh run defense is the real deal. You cannot start Jonathan Taylor in Week 16 against the Steelers. I will say it again next week. You cannot start Jonathan Taylor against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, But definitely kick him off against the Texans. But we are jumping ahead of ourselves. Um, I do want to talk about my last and final rumble. That is Mike freaking Gesicki. Um, Wait, was he your guy? Nah, bro, he was definitely yours uh, because I took both Derrick Henry and Ronald Jones in a row. You took these two guys in a row, and you didn't want to neglect the big guys, and I did not neglect the big guys, and this is actually the one I think I am most proud of. Then why did you forget that it was your call if you're so proud of it? (laughs) I don't have to explain that to you. Um... The reason why I'm so proud of this call is he was ranked number 10 um, for tight ends in both Yahoo and ESPN. That is barely startable in 10-team leagues. And he was the number two tight end in fantasy this weekend with 23.5 fantasy points behind only Travis Kelsey. If your tight end gets you over 20 fantasy points, that can win you your your, your week, especially when it's Mike Gesicki, Gesicki, who, unlike Travis Kelsey, you did not spend a third-round draft pick on. Um, like, this is this is great. The, the biggest problem is now he's gone. He had a shoulder injury. He's probably going to be out next week. We don't know if it'll extend even further than that. Um, and Devontae Parker also went down with an injury. Jakeem Grant also went down with an injury. The injuries that went down to this this Miami Dolphins receiving core is absolutely insane. We will cover it a little bit later in the waiver wire pickups. Um, but yeah, that's that's unfortunately where our good calls uh not where they stop. We did have we did have like one we did have a couple of okay decent tumblers. Um but man, uh I, I'll go ahead and kick off the tumblers with the Arizona offense. Well oh you know can we start off with something actually successful? Because I did say that despite the good matchup against the Bengals, Ezekiel Elliott could not be trusted. And guess what? 7.9 fantasy points. He could not be trusted. And I started him. And you started him. You didn't listen to me. Um, You started him. 7.9 fantasy points. That was the Bengals. That was his best matchup for the rest of the season. That's it. It's downhill from here. You cannot start Ezekiel Elliott. Sit him. Do not start him. Do not flex him. He is hashtag tumbled. Hashtag tumbled. It's gonna catch on. It's gonna. It's gonna do the thing. Uh, all right. We. I'll. I'll throw it in our little Twitter blast. It'll work out. Um, the Arizona offense that I called to tumble was kind of. Um, I expected it to be worse. 
Um, so this wasn't the worst call in the world because, uh, you know, Kyler Murray still didn't get you 20 fantasy points. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins did, which was a, a pleasant surprise. And Kenyon Drake got you 16 still. Uh, and Dan Arnold got 10.7. That's a that's a decent tight end day. But Dan Arnold got a touchdown, of course. Uh, Kenyon Drake is, I think, the biggest thing to take from this. You're always going to start DeAndre Hopkins. The biggest note to take from Kenyon Drake is he is maybe the best high floor option in the RB2 realm. He has not had a single digit fantasy point game since before the bye when he got injured in week seven. So march him out every week with confidence. Like I feel good about Kenyon Drake in any matchup because they are finding ways to get him the ball in space. Um, and, and he's catching more passes now than he was towards the beginning of the season. Um, so you love to see that despite the fact that I wasn't completely right on that tumble. I'm still proud of that call. What I'm not proud of is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, I said he would struggle. Um, But this is at least an interesting one. Tyreek Hill gets 26.1 fantasy points. I have never been so right about a call while also being so wrong about a call. Yes, he got 26.1 fantasy points. But he only touched the ball four times all game. That is four touches. For reference, last year, A.J. Brown led the NFL in fantasy points per touch with 3.95. 3.95 times 4 is just under 16 fantasy points. So, like, the best player in the NFL last year in fantasy points per touch might have scored around 16 fantasy points in this game. Tyreek Hill scored 6.5 fantasy points per touch in this game. That is unreal, unsustainable, un unbelievable. Like he made the most of every single one of these touches. That is over double, over double, well, not over double. That is almost double, I should say. Tyreek Hill this season and like you can say, "Oh, well, I I you want you want to say it? Yes, I do. I really do." Hey, Samuels, you're super dumb. This is what Tyreek Hill does. Tyreek Hill scores a lot of points on very few touches. That's it's literally what his job is. And I'm going to tell you that you're wrong about that. His fantasy points per touch this season is only 3.36. So he almost doubled that in this game. Uh and, and by the way, 3.36 fantasy points per touch uh, last year would have been fifth in the league behind Devontae Parker, which is still very good, but it's also behind Devontae Parker. So boy, was I right and wrong about this. Um, bottom line, I was mostly wrong because Tyreek Hill got 26.1 fantasy points. Never bet against Tyreek Hill or the Kansas City Chiefs. You have one last tumble before we've already hit 26 minutes. We are not going through this quickly. No, bro, we are not. We actually have <laughs> we have even more to go through. Uh, real quick, Chris Carson, he gets you 18.8 fantasy points. Um, the biggest thing that you might be looking at with this particular game is the 50-50 split in touches between him and Carlos Hyde. I would not worry about it. Um, this game was out of hand early on. They like Chris Carson. Chris Carson was the only one uh, between the two of them that actually caught passes um, and got targets. Carlos Hyde got zero targets. We know that Chris Carson is the workhorse back that they want to get working in games that matter. This game just did not matter by the time halftime came around. So that is all we have. Uh, we actually do... We did want to do a uh, live read today because we missed it so much last week, and we felt bad that we didn't do it. So Samuels is going to give you a quick live read this week that we are excited about. You want to go ahead and hit it? I do. I do, in fact. 
Do you ever feel like, man, COVID-19 is bumming out a lot of people, but I still feel pretty okay? Have you found yourself hoping that there could be more done to make you join in on the collective experience of existential dread shared by the whole country? Did either of the last two sentences make sense? I do not know. Well, clearly, you have not tried the common cold in COVID times. You heard me correctly. The common cold in COVID times. Just because a ruthless virus that attacks every single organ function in your body is ravaging the entire planet doesn't mean that the common cold has just disappeared. It's still here, and it's kicking, and the initial symptoms will make you feel just like you have COVID. You won't know if it's just a sore throat from the cold or if you need to check yourself into a hospital to hop on one of those fancy-schmancy respirators. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you'll get 20% off your first mostly harmless unless you're immunocompromised run-of-the-mill common cold. That's right, 20% off on wondering if everyone you talked to over the past five days is going to end up in a hospital or be mildly annoyed with a runny nose. The common cold in COVID times. Spooky. (laughs) Man, that would... Oh, that would be a lot funnier if uh, if it wasn't so sad because, yeah, you you don't want a common cold during these times. Take it from me, who does not sound as um, as deep and oh, sounds actually a little bit more deep and raspy than normal, um, but also maybe uh, a little less in my upper register than normal. We are going to move on to our waiver wire pickups. We are going to wrap this up with our favorite waiver wire pickups. Samuels, take it away. I have uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. as my first <laughs> waiver wire pickup. And it was between him and Mac Hollins. Um, you had to pick one. Uh, if, you're, if you don't know who either of these guys are, uh, that's because they are the, what, fourth and fifth string Miami Dolphins wide receivers slash Lynn Bowden Jr. is also Bowden or Bowden, I don't know, uh, is also labeled as a running back in uh, ESPN. So he's obviously used as a running back enough. And that is why, that is actually why I have him over Mac Hollins if you're only going to pick up one of these guys on the waiver wire. Like, a lot of what waiver wire pickups are now is not looking to the future per se, but you're looking for plug and play streamers um, against per, uh, in the playoffs, particularly against superior opponents who you know you are searching for guys with super high ceilings as opposed to high floors. I'm not saying that you're like going to start Lynn Bowden Jr. over guys like mm, say Kenyon Drake. Um, because I, I mean, I just talked about the high floor of Kenyon Drake, but if you're playing someone who's projected to get like 140 points and you're projected to get like 107, like you're looking for the high ceiling option. And believe it or not, I think someone like Lynn Bowden Jr. with all of the injuries done to the Miami Dolphins offense, Lynn Bowden Jr. might have a higher ceiling than Kenyon Drake. Lynn Bowden Jr. could be the guy that goes off for 28 points in Miami's offense. We just don't know. While Kenyon Drake... He's capped by not being used as as much in the passing game by Chase Edmonds constantly being involved. So while if you are expected to win, you want that Kenyon Drake in there, you want that high floor option, but playoff strategy is sometimes you got to play these boomer bust guys over your reliable starters because you might need more points because it's win or go home, baby. And... um I know next week I'm going to be facing my brother, who this week was projected to get 140 points, and he got 175. So 
I might be looking for a couple of situations like this. Uh, again, I like Lynn Bowden Jr. more than Mac Hollins, but Mac Hollins might also be that guy. Both of them uh, led the team with nine targets. Uh, your first waiver wire pickup. Uh, yes, and I keep talking about him. Nelson Aguilar, he keeps coming up. I had 21 fantasy points uh, this past Sunday, and like I said last week, Henry Ruggs is not the number one wide receiver in this offense. It is Nelson Aguilar. He is a high-ceiling potential plug-and-play against the Chargers who, who've struggled on defense while putting up points on offense. This is an actual recipe to potentially give Aguilar another 20-plus point day, especially if the Chargers are smart. If the Chargers were smart, they would shut down Darren Waller. That would be their goal. Because if they do that, they have a better chance of winning. This also gives Nelson Aguilar a better chance of going off. Um, just like uh, Samuels was talking about, if you're looking for a high ceiling, low floor plug and play, Nelson Aguilar might be your guy. Or T.Y. Hilton might be your guy. Because man, this is two weeks in a row with 25 plus fantasy points and he gets the Texans again next week. Some of y'all are looking for streaming options at wide receiver this week for the playoffs, like we've been talking about. And, like, you could do worse than Hilton. We've been talking about Michael Pittman over the past month and a half, but Hilton has clearly become Rivers' favorite target over the past few weeks. So, uh, you know, you could do worse. Hilton has a long and illustrious career, and Pittman has been hit or miss in his rookie season. So if you're looking at resume, go with T.Y. Hilton, y'all. Um, I hate to say it because I love Michael Pittman. Go with T.Y. Hilton. And finally, you talked about him earlier. You want to talk about him now? That's right. That's right. Rashard Higgins. Every single time we try to count Rashard Higgins out and talk up Jarvis Landry as the number one option in this offense, but Higgins out-targeted him in this, out-targeted him in this game that we went over. And for the second week in a row, put up an impressive weekly fantasy total with 18.8 fantasy points. The Giants might give him some trouble next week, but um, other people might be looking to pick up Rashard Higgins, which is why I'm bringing him up now, and he gets the Jets in Week 16. If you are lucky enough to make it to that fantasy championship game in Week 16, uh, Rashard Higgins would be a great great option and he is widely available in many many leagues that is all the time we have today i am leighton schlanger i am leighton samuels we did that in reverse order that felt kind of weird but also kind of cool you can find us on all of our regular platforms, streaming on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict. Please, please, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That way you get a notification every single time we come out with a new episode, which is twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday. You know it. You love it. You got it. Follow us on Twitter, at LT Schlamuels. Follow us on Instagram, at Leighton Samuels Official. Um, you can even find us on Facebook. Uh, we're going to get that page up and running soon. Soon, baby. That's right. We will see you soon, especially on Friday. Goodbye, my friends. 